Video vampires with Jessica and Mickey. Oh my god, so I've actually gone to the theater. I've seen a few things. One of them I know you've seen, I think we talked about last episode, but um, I saw Evil Dead Rise. Mm -hmm. And I agree, and we talked about this, like I agree it should be taken out of the cabin, even though uh, watching, and it's funny because one of the other things I watched recently was the first Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. which is, a, it had been a while. There was like a lot that I didn't remember in the beginning. And I was like going through it and I was like, I don't remember any of this shit until the end, until the very end, which right. is really the only thing I remember. But um it is scary like being in the woods especially i don't know like where most of the people uh, we talked to have grown up but like i went to camp as a kid and i remember too as like a, a kid um there was like an abandoned campsite that we used to go to when we were like adolescents you know like sure. hanging out and i didn't drink i was a straight edge when i was young but like that's where we would go and hang out and like the older kids would drink and like stuff like that and so uh cabiny type of things always actually scared me like seeing friday the 13th um any type of movie like that even blair witch scared the shit out of me because you know you spend a lot of time in the woods especially like pre-internet right <laughs> you know of like course. you had nothing else to do but like going in the woods and like try to party but uh i do like that it was out of the woods even though that is like a very scary setting but it it didn't do much for me. I felt like I was like, yeah, okay. It's like scary and gross and like yucky. And like, I don't hate the redesign of the book even. And like, I think it, it didn't need to be, but like, I felt like they're trying to appeal to a new audience. Right. Um, Especially with the cast. I, I don't know. I didn't dislike I don't, I didn't, it. I just, yeah, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I, a, I just felt like whatever about it. I have a feeling that if I watch it again, I'll appreciate it more, you know, just because that kind of happened with the remake. You know, I kind of went in with those eyes, the other remake where I went in with like a, the eyes of like, how am I going to compare this to the original, which is probably not the fairest way to look at it. And then the when I watch it again, I got it on DVD and like the, there's like a director's cut of the remake. And I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this way more. And I have a feeling that I'm going to have the same reaction with Evil Dead Rise. I think I just you know expectations are one thing and you know i've seen movies that like like i said demons 2 which i can't recommend enough to people who are listening is like oh that's a way you can do this kind of very similar story and just have it go completely balls to the wall and um it's not scary and at least evil dead rises tries to be scary but um sometimes it didn't stick the landing and sometimes it really did i don't know yeah, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. Like, I didn't hate it, and I understand that, like, this is a franchise, and it's, like, carrying on uh, throughout the years, but I'm also, like, I think I'm exhausted, because there's a lot that I feel very whatever about, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, is it me, or is it just the type of material <laughs> that's being pumped out? Um, and so I felt whatever about it. I'm not, like, sad I saw it in the theater, but I was kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. One thing I did like that I didn't expect was Dungeons and Dragons. Very good thing. With Chris Pine and uh, Michelle Rodriguez. And uh, it was funny as fuck. And it's it's directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. But it's the kid from fucking Freaks and Geeks. Geeks, Yeah. 
Yeah, he's yeah. Actually, he's written a few things. Uh, he did that movie um, Game Night, which I didn't really yeah. care for. My wife really liked it, and I could see. I mean, I get it. It was fun. It was entertaining. I just um, at the end of the day, I wouldn't have said I really liked the movie, but it was. You know, he's the kid's got chops. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it was funnier than it needed to be, and so uh, I saw it with a friend, and he was like, he made the comment about how it's like pretty much as good as any Marvel movie that's been out lately. And I kind of agree. Like it's, it's snarky and funny and it's like watchable and fun. And it's like, you know, escapism, like hyper violent and, but they're, you know, fighting monsters and they're the good guys. Like it's, it's good. I, I don't know. I, I actually enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. And I really liked it. And then uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is Bo's afraid. Yeah. And so I finally saw it. I don't know. And I love Ari Aster. I, you know, a lot of people are like not sold on him yet. I fucking love Hereditary. I think it's still like one of the scariest things I've seen in a long time. And I don't, I was thinking about it because I was like, I don't think there's a movie that has scared me as much as Hereditary since then. Mm. Um, And I love Midsummer too. I, I mean, I love everything about it. The backstory, the brightness of the film. It's, it's very scary. Um, but was afraid like didn't get me at all i feel like and that's not saying i didn't admire it right. it's fucking long it's three hours long mm. everyone in it is great you know like joaquin phoenix does his job he plays the character so well that like you kind of hate him uh -huh. but it's like the same realm as it's like ari Aster's version of like mulholland drive or you know, who is it charlie kaufman um i'm thinking of ending things which i i honestly loved Sure. Um, or even um, Noe's uh, Enter the Void. It's like, and, and this is open to interpretation, but this was mine is like, you know, this really messed up anxiety ridden, like virgin, almost incel type of man that like doesn't really know he is like a coward is it's feeling really guilty. And he um, he plans to kill himself. At least that's like what it gives off. Um on the day that he's supposed to see his mom on the anniversary of his dad's death which uh and then it goes into this like very like lucid dream of like every guilty idea or thing you know anxiety ridden um society type of <laughs> experience that this man has had or imagined and then it goes into like uh this like lifetime um fantasy and then purgatory ish setting where at the end you know he feels like he's being judged and so that was my take on it mm. i felt like it was like super gluttonous in the way of like Ari and and this is like again i admire it but ari aster was just like i'm gonna write this like really insane story of like all my worst fears and like there's rumors of like oh yeah he dropped lsd at the premiere and stuff like that which i can probably see i feel like everyone you know you take lsd and you you confront your demons and then he wants to like put it into a movie like okay fine but there's no fucking reason this had to be three hours long <laughs> well i mean that's my thing with ari aster ari aster is that like i liked i loved hereditary but um midsummer just felt like he was jerking off and i have no problem with directors jerking off on on screen you know i just you have to earn it for me and he yeah. hasn't earned it yet and I feel like he's getting a lot of, like, I don't know. I think he's buying into his own fucking hype because I really just don't get it. Like, Hereditary was fucking fantastic. Midsummer was just, ex you know, just, I don't know. I was like, man, I've been down this road before and better, you know? Um, there's great moments in Midsummer, so, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not completely writing it off. I didn't hate it. I just was, I, I was more annoyed at, like, everybody being like, 
oh, he's a fucking genius. And I'm like, what? You know, like. And... I see. I really like Midsummer. I, I like the, and, you know, I, uh, I've talked to a few friends, especially from that region, um, where, like, I'm like, is this accurate depiction of, like, your folklore? And it, it, my friend, you know, um, from Sweden actually loved it. He was like, this is very close to, like, a lot of these, you know, older societal things uh that he wrote about obviously in a in a fiction horror setting but sure. uh i did love it i did i did love how it's like a an opposite of hereditary in the way of like it's shot hereditary is very dark dark lighting mm -hmm. uh dark woods you know um and midsummer is bright you know there's the first scene with her family and then everything else is just like glaring sunshine um but but was afraid I felt like is his jerk off movie. Mm. Like how you felt about Midsummer, I feel about Bo was afraid. I'm like, okay, he's just like, this is very masturbatory. Uh not to say, and that's the thing, is like I didn't hate it, even though I'm I'm talking about how much I hate it. Like everyone was good. Patty Lapone's in it. Mm -hmm. Uh it's clear that he has mommy issues, which I, you know, some directors do. It's like clear that like Refin has mommy issues, but like now I'm just like, oh, okay, like. This is very clear that Ari Aster is like working through some mommy shit right now. Right. Um, I kind of hated it, but like I admire it for what it is. But like I'm kind of hating. I mean, here's the thing: is like I haven't seen it yet, but like I would argue that you probably are going to feel this way about Bo was afraid as I felt about Midsummer. Is that if Midsummer didn't have, if Florence Pugh wasn't in Midsummer, that movie would not get as much credit as it does. I'm what I'm saying is I think he leans so much on his lead. Um, in the, you know, like Florence Pugh makes Midsummer. I mean, like any of the yeah. parts that I love about it, it's all her, you know? And like, I have a feeling that a lot of people are feeling the same way about Bo is Afraid, where it's like, if this was somebody else in the lead, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be anything. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, that, I mean, that's a good director. I mean, to, to well, cast well, but. There's a, and this is, and this is funny because um, I thought about um, the house that Jack built a little bit um, mm -hmm. and how instead of like at the end of the house that Jack built, he's like going through like again and like a purgatory, a judgment type of, of ending. And it's clear that Lars Rancher like puts his own stuff in there um, to be judged upon. But I felt like Ari Aster was doing the same thing, except for the character Bo has like no personality and he's like so kind of repugnant that like you honestly just don't care and it's kind of funny because obviously the house of jack bell he's a serial killer he's like a terrible person but like i felt more during that than i did for Bo's afraid gotcha. um so yeah i don't know i mean i would recommend that people see it definitely and make their own judgments um which i recommend for anything that i talk shit about especially but i honestly hated it all right <laughs> i really did Oh, but that's all I saw recently. What about what about you? I um I haven't watched anything new. I I'm going to the movies this week, but um so I haven't seen Guardians, which is the only Marvel movie I actually cared about. I know. I think it's the last Guardians, isn't it? It is. Isn't it is. It? Well, it's I'm a, the last glad. one with James Gunn. Yeah, I mean, I think it's oh. the best way to to wrap it up. I mean, it's you know, but it's to end it. Yeah, yeah and finally. and with him, you know, him being able to like tell his story the way he wants to tell it, and then I probably will see Bo is Afraid. I do want to see Blackberry with um. Uh, that's blackberry oh it's uh glenn howerton from uh from it's always sunny and he's basically playing you know it's it's the story of the blackberry phone but it's like just see the trailer it's it looks hilarious and it looks like kind of like a type of movie that like had been made 20 years ago nicholas cage would have been playing the lead um it's it's pretty wild um 
but uh, I've only seen I've seen um, last time we spoke I watched House by the Cemetery the Fulci um, oh, Gate yeah. to Hell I rewatched it and so I rewatched City of the Living Dead which is the first part of that trilogy and uh, I had already watched the rewatched the Beyond on Joe Bob um, so I was just like all right I got my Fulci kick in again because I go through that phase every few months every year where I'm like I want to just kind of dive deep dive back into Fulci and then um, and then I watched a movie recommended to me by uh, Steve Sears, who was on this podcast in the very beginning. Um, he recommended this Mike Figgis movie from 1989, 1990 called Internal Affairs. Has Richard oh, Gere? Oh, it's the. Uh, oh, I thought you were. No, no, yeah, no, not totally. Not, yeah, not in for. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. For a second, I was like, oh, the Japanese movie, but no. Right, no. You um, said Richard Gere. <laughs> Richard Gere and Andy Garcia, and um, it was. Um, and it's you know it's it's very similar to i think it was chinese actually infernal affairs oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually i have no idea That's right. Google it. <laughs> uh, but uh <laughs> but uh and, you know richard Gere plays a corrupt cop um like a really like a psychopath you know like a real piece of shit and andy garcia is playing a um um which of a fucking what are they called the internal affairs he plays internal affairs agent who's trying to bring him down and like you know, it's early '90s. It's it's it's. There's a few moments in it that I'm like, oh, this doesn't age too well. You know, like there's a moment where Andy Garcia thinks that his wife has cheated on him with with Richard Gere's character, who's like a real Richard Gere is a real scumbag. I I mm-hmm. don't like Richard Gere as you know generally, but in this movie he is fucking like phenomenal because he's just so fucking evil and so awful. But Andy Garcia thinks that his wife has cheated on him and with Richard Gere, and so he like shows up at work and he's like flipping out at her, and he ends up slapping her. And then the next day, like when he goes to pick up his stuff from from their apartment, she's like, you know, basically she says, if I was going to, you know, if I was going to cheat on you, I would have just left you and then they have sex and everything's okay. And I'm like, what? I'm like, she's just, she's just cool with him just showing up at her work and just fucking like backhanding her when like, and you know, whatever. It's like, it has that type of thing where it's like, really dude, come on. But like the rest of the movie is actually pretty fucking like, it's very tense. Like you, you are, um. Like, from the word go, you're just like, oh, fuck, you know, like, what's going to happen, you know, just because it's just, it oozes this, like, weird, like, tension and sleaziness, and it's really good. Um, I really enjoyed it, and that was probably the only thing that I've watched, aside from the movie that we, um, I, I mean, I rewatched the movie, we, I had already seen it, but. Um, oh, that's kind of funny. I kind of like Andy Garcia. I feel like he's, like, he's in a lot of shit, but he's, like, kind of under the radar and, like, everything. But maybe because he's in everything? Uh, I really like him in Godfather 3, and I like him in The Untouchables, but I don't generally like him. I mean, it's not that I dislike him. It's that he was... A lot of the movies that I liked that he was in, I realize as I'm a, as an adult that I'm not as into. Like, he was in a movie in the 90s called Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, and I thought it was fucking awesome. And then when I watched it as an adult, I was like, oh my god. I was like, give me a fucking <laughs> break. It's, it's you know, it's got good, good moments and everything, but it's clearly one of those movies where they're like... Oh, Pulp Fiction was a hit. We need another one of those. You know, it definitely reeks of that like post Pulp Fiction, you know, uh, Tarantino, like everybody's got like, you know, talks witty and has like witty dialogue. And it's like normal, you know, like taking these like gangster characters and making them like, hey, they're just like us. They talk about the same shit that we do. You know, they act like we do. And it's like, um, 
I don't know. It's just not, it, you know, as an adult, it didn't blow me away. But I do like it. I love, I think Andy Garcia is the best part of Godfather 3. I, in fact, I wish there's that. It's been so long. And so it's been so long since I've seen Godfather 3. And, like, it's funny because I've watched 1 and 2, obviously, repeatedly, like, throughout my life since i first seen it. Sure. And except I skipped Godfather 3 because, obviously, it's, like, it's argue, it's, like, arguably not good. <laughs> Uh, look, it, it, here, some people love it, but here's the thing is that if Godfather three wasn't Godfather three, if it was called something else, if it was something else, if it didn't have Godfather one, Godfather two to like live up to people would be like, oh, that's a good movie because it is a good movie. It is. It's and it's um, and yeah, Sofia Coppola is pretty bad in it, but I've seen worse acting in many things. Um, I think, again, I think the problem with Godfather three is it just it follows godfather one and two you know i mean like that was a fran like you know franchise whatever that's a series that like it only gets better like godfather one's amazing godfather two for most people including myself like i think godfather two is like oh no this is this is blows it away i think godfather two is is so good that it blows the first one out of the water and the first one's a fucking masterpiece so it's like that's just that goes you know goes to show that like how good godfather two is but godfather three just takes a just goes down notches and like there's that new coppola cut that he released i think two years ago and i'm like i don't i don't know did he, did he remove an entire like plot line because that was the problem with godfather 3 is that like all the stuff about andy garcia trying like as michael's illegitimate nephew who's trying to like get into the business and everything like that and eventually like mm -hmm. will become the you know that is all awesome like all the stuff between andy garcia and joe mantania is like awesome it's all the it's the weird romance between andy garcia and sofia coppola the only thing i will say about godfather 3 is that because of its existence i'm convinced that arrested development the show is basically a variation of the godfather movies but just as a comedy because it has all like there's so many different like you know Buster is Fredo. Job uh -huh. is, is, is Sonny. Um, you know, the whole thing with George Michael and ha like being in love with maybe and, you know, like the, the cousins being in love with each other. That's Godfather. 3, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I've been convinced that like, yeah, it's it's fucking Arrested Development is the Godfather movies, you know, um, just in a comedy. And I think that's fucking fantastic. But again, Godfather 3 was a huge part of that because I'm like, well, where's the romance plot come in? Oh, right. Godfather 3. It's like the, the second half of the movie. Um, but yeah, so I, Andy Garcia um, is great in internal affairs, though. It's just like yeah. I said, there's a few moments that when you watch it, you go, yeah, this wouldn't this shouldn't fly. And this wouldn't fly today, you know, just um, but Richard Gere is just fucking he is just fucking evil incarnate in that movie. And it's 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 pretty good. And yeah, I mean, it's on Paramount. So like but I mean, my buddy Steve, I recommend him stuff all the time. And, um, you know. Dutifully, you know, as a good friend, he he watches them and then he'll recommend me something. I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. And so finally, I was like, you know what? I owe him. So um, it was, I saw it there and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to watch it. And I was really impressed. Oh, I also, you know I kind of, it sounds cool. I was going to say, like, I kind of love a good cop drama. Um, and especially to Infernal Affairs was um, Hong Kong drama and stuff yeah. like that. But there, there's a lot, especially Richard Gere, I like, even though he's done a lot of, um, you know, romantic comedies, there's still like he's a very serious actor. Like, I love Primal Fear. I'm not going to lie. Like, I remember the first time I saw that with Edward Norton. Have you ever seen it? Where mm -hmm. he plays a lawyer. It's fucking great. He's great in it. Edward Norton's great in it. He's like a very serious actor that I forget about sometimes just because the way his career went, especially when you when you get a little older and you're still very dashing. You know, you play this handsome older man, but. 
Yeah. I, yeah, I I feel like it shouldn't be discounted. That sounds cool though. I I want to put that on my list. Another movie I I, I watched. I had never seen it, and it you know it'd been I I you know it's been a while. You know it'd been around for a long long time. It was a movie called No Escape with Ray Liotta. I I finally got a chance to catch that. Um, it's a, I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> oh, it's fucking great. It's uh Ray Liotta. It's a future. It's a sci-fi, kind of a sci-fi movie, but like it's the future and like all criminals are basically put on an island. Ray Liotta plays a just, you know, he plays a military. I don't know if he was like a general. I can't remember what he is, but he disobeyed orders to, uh, you know, kill innocent civilians. Basically, the opening of Running Man, you know. Yeah. And then, um, but then he like it, so he gets sent to this like island where there's like two factions. There's like the more peaceful faction that's like run by Lance Henriksen and then there's this other faction that are like savages and they're kind of in cahoots with the the warden and Ray Liotta's like thrust in the middle of it. And it's actually it it's you know for it's like a great little action film and like Kevin Dillon who I to this day will maintain is my preferred Dillon. Um mm-hmm. except for Entourage. I <laughs> really? mean minus okay. Oh, Kevin Dillon's fucking great. Like I mean like the shit he was like Matt Dillon started off strong and then like whatever whereas Kevin Dillon he was like he did you know, remote control, he did the blob, he did fucking you know, he was in the fucking Doors movie, which is not a great Doors movie, but it's actually kind of an entertaining film, as much as I hate Oliver Stone. Um He was he, in remote control? He was in a movie called Remote Control nineteen eighty eight. It was a direct to video movie directed by the guy to blue sunshine it's one of my favorites yeah it's like, it's like weird... i don't remember i remember that but i don't remember him but i feel like i He's... smoke so much like anytime i'm recording to you guys like i'm violently high this is why i can't remember anything but also it's kind of great because now i can rewatch a lot of things that i hadn't seen in a really long time because i don't remember them at all it's a movie where so... he like he plays a video store clerk and there's a video that's out that that's out there that's like kind of warping people's you know uh personalities and making them attack each other and like yeah um it's just it's a great fun little like you know kind of alien invasion movie uh but via vhs i love it it's it's so ridiculous but um yeah i mean those are literally like i said like those are the only things i watched i has not been a i haven't watched a lot of stuff in the since we recorded two weeks ago so yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad because, you know, it gives us a chance to kind of like dive back into what we wanted to do, which is like a lot of international horror films, too, that like might not get as much recognition, even though this one that we've yeah. done is like actually a, a really popular movie, I feel like. And uh, it's not the first. So we did um, Audition, which is late 90s uh, mm-hmm. uh, Takashi Miike uh, horror movie, which I is funny because when we did japan originally a few years ago now we focused mainly on like older japanese like a lot of folklore supernatural like that's what they consider horror and then so here and i i've always liked that he's like i don't really consider this a horror movie because it's not supernatural it's it's dramatic but it's like oh yeah uh it's torturous literally and so we did audition and it's like honestly one of my favorite films now he's done like almost 200 movies he's directed almost 200 movies in his career and so like i haven't there's like probably a handful of his that i've seen like and he does like all across the spectrum but this one is probably my favorite and one of my favorite movies in general but do you want to give the synopsis yeah it's basically a widower um 
you know, a uh, few years after his wife dies, his son's basically like looked at, it's time to, you know, get back in the game, you know, like start dating again, get married again. And his friends like he, he's a, he, this guy is a TV producer and his friends like, hey, let's hold auditions for a, a, a movie that may never happen. Um, so you can audition like because he, he's describing like this ideal woman and his friends like, well, let's, let's hold auditions and we'll find you that ideal woman. So they hold these auditions kind of under false, well, pretty, yeah, under false pretenses. And he meets this one woman that he becomes like super fascinated with. But, um, you know, there's clearly things off about her and. Um, as the story progresses, you know, you find out that like all the stuff that she said to him wasn't true and, um, she's had a pretty sordid past and, um, she ends up, you know, uh, she says to him at one point, you know, like you can't love anybody but me, which doesn't work because, you know, he's got a, a son that he adores, you know? So, um, <laughs> she gets pretty upset about it and she ends up torturing him at the end. And, um, that's the most straightforward way to describe it. I actually, what I love about this movie is that there is a lot of room for like interpretation and exploring like what the fuck is really happening. Um, so I will say this right now before we go any further, we're going to fucking spoil this movie because it's been out for forever. And like, if you haven't seen it, pause, go watch it. You can watch it on Arrow, come, you can watch it on TV, and then back. come back. Because I, I hate to be that person that gives away anything, but it's impossible to talk about this movie without, without. giving anything away. So, um, you know, do yourself a favor. And, and here's the thing is that, or don't, and listen to what we're saying, because there's a chance that you may not want to watch this movie, because I've seen so much fucking shit, and there's moments in this movie where I'm like, oh god, I, I have to look away for a second, because it's so... And it's weird, because I, I, I think we'll have different takes on what the most horrendous parts of the movie but um it, it's what's great about this movie is it starts off as the premise of this movie 20 years ago would have been a romantic comedy like oh i need to find <laughs> it could have been a tom hanks meg ryan film and then but like because of you know the hype around the film and because we just we get a, we know that from the word go this is not going to end well so um it's it's very Which much is- yeah. It's funny because I guess like originally they wanted to market it as like a, a twist. Like you think you're going to see a romantic comedy and then it turns into be like this horrible uh, torture experience. And then instead like the hype got out, I guess. And so a lot of people knew it was a horror movie, but they spent the first like what, 80 minutes or, you know, 60 minutes like being like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, is right. this this is not typical of what I expected to see? And so it's funny because I think my first introduction uh, to him was Ichi the Killer. And Mm -hmm. then, um, and I think a lot of it was like the popularity. And this was early 2000s. And so even 1999, I'm still like, oh, that was just, you know, a few years back. And now it's, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, But the first time I saw it, I knew it was a horror movie. And I was like waiting for it. And then at the end, you're like, oh, no, this is definitely a horror movie. Like, I don't I don't know what the fuck I'm watching anymore, Uh, which is kind of what I love about it. I love how like lighthearted the first, you know, the first two thirds of this movie. are. Absolutely. And then it just like descends very quickly. But like it he works it in very well to where you're like wait what is happening and you're like oh my god this is happening like this is not the movie i i almost wish i was the person who like went to see this movie as a romantic comedy (laughs) oh yeah i mean like the beginning when ayoama the the main character when he like he calls her for the he calls 
um, Asami for the first time to basically set up a date. And she's like, yeah, that's great. And, like, he gets off the phone. Like, he has this, like, giddiness. And you're like, oh, yeah. Like, you totally feel for him. You're like, this. You know, like, you because you, you remember those moments when you really have a thing for somebody and you call them and they're like, yeah, let's meet up. And you're like, fuck yeah. You know, you get that feeling. And the funny thing is, is that what he's doing, the audition, the whole audition process is scummy it's a shitty thing like him and his oh, friend yeah. that's a shitty thing but yet we you know it's funny because at you know we're, we're with him you know and um you know we're like on his side and like the, the audition scene is actually like done really funny you know you got one woman who like you know because they're just kind of cutting through all the different audition people and one woman shows up twice and they're like weren't, weren't you just here she's yeah. like yeah i got a lot more i have more things to say and then like you know one of my favorite lines was like um you know uh, have you ever seen a film by Tarkovsky? And I was like laughing. Yes. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's hilarious. But like, um, you know, what she, so what, you know, it's weird because you have to ask yourself at the end of this, but you know, towards the end of this movie is like, maybe not all of it, but how much of what he goes through in this movie does he deserve? You know, and I think that's yes. an interesting thing because like, um, so, he, you know, he makes the date um, and we, I mean, the first reveal that things are off with her is probably one of the creepiest moments i've you know it's like i know a lot of people will cite other moments in the film as like creepy or weird but for me like her sitting in a fucking room a, a pretty bare room a close-up on her face the phone rings and she smiles and then there's that bag that's on that you know on the floor when that bag moves for the first time fuck it man i'm like i still jump every time and it's like it's 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 not meant to be as much of a jump scare as much as supposed to be like there's something very wrong here you know that's the that's the feeling supposed to invoke but it kills me every time there's like a weird sound of the wind blowing and every time you go to her room we cut to her room there's like this very distinct sound of wind that's just so eerie and like um this yeah that scene especially too when she's just like slumped over by yeah. the phone and the phone's just on the floor like and she's just like, you, it cuts to another scene. She's like, I was waiting for your call. Like, just waiting. I was, that's all I wanted was like you to call. It's so fucking good. Like, yeah. this movie is so good and so scary. Um, dude, that's one of my favorite scenes. I mean, the torture scenes, while are disgusting, they're disgusting. But yeah. <laughs> the torture scene itself doesn't, it's weird because the torture scene itself doesn't bother of, me. Yeah. The, what well, bothered I was going to say, a lot of yeah, Japanese movies kind of do this. I mean, the I know we talked about it when we did it, but one that I can think of very early on, and you get through this in, like, the sexploitation era, but there's this 1969 movie called, like, Blind Beast, which deals with, like, pain and pleasure. Uh -huh. um, and so there has been a history of this, but I really like the way that he introduced it as more of, like, a possessive thing rather than... Uh, something that's enjoyed by um both of them like she's i feel like trying to get the truth out of him um and oh it's just so demented her like her uh father figure whatever he's supposed to be you know the, her, her adoptive father or her real father i can't remember what he actually is you know the guy in the wheelchair with the mm -hmm. feet um and then he gets his you know like head cut off <laughs> he sexually abuses her i mean that's what yeah he, and it's it, yes yeah i mean and like so it shows like why she is what she is but like i i really like those scenes because too you can't really tell like what is real and then what is this like weird uh fever dream while he's being tortured too like is he thinking of his past sins in this as well yes. because there's some scenes where he has interactions with the other women in his life 
Mm -hmm. Um, and you're trying to figure out like, is this a fantasy or is this like a memory that he's thinking of? Um, or like where, you know, where is he in this, especially when the ending you're trying to figure out like, well, this is fake, you know? Yeah. There's, well, there's, you know, so, um, there's when he, when he kind of like, when he gets knocked out from the, you know, whatever drug she gives him or anything like that, he kind of goes into this long, almost like, it's weird. Cause it's like, it's like almost like he's a passenger in her flashback sequence. So you see that yeah. she, she's been abused. You see her killer father figure, stepfather, whoever he is. You see like all these women, like he has a, a, a woman who works for him that constantly like comes to his office. She's like, okay, I'm leaving now. And he's just like, okay whatever and then you Hi. find yeah. and then you find out that like he had he he slept with her once you know like he has you know earlier on in the movie like when he meets his son's girlfriend he's like gives him a thumbs up like hey you know she's a hottie you know and then like and he has a, a you know she comes into his weird fantasy too and like but the, and then it cuts back to like him in bed with uh asami like you know after they've had sex the first time and you wonder is this him like you know, oh, I'm in love with this person. I'm in love with this person. I want this person so bad. And when he finally gets her, he's suddenly like, wait a minute. What if she's, and then, you know, is the, is the rest of the movie just like a weird fucking like cautionary, like, Hey, maybe I'm rushing into this a little too much. And he's like having these like weird, cause I mean, there's, there's, there's things that he gets privy to in this weird flashback that he has, he shouldn't have any, um, yeah. And know. you're like this, uh, too, because there's a sequence of like, her telling him some things obviously not everything like hey by the way i torture people um but telling them about his past so you're trying to figure out like how much of this is his fantasy versus her fantasy even though he's a passenger it plays as a passenger in her in her uh memory yeah so it's it's very cool because it leaves a lot open and you're still trying to figure out like what the fuck actually happened the ending uh makes me fucking laugh like the the kid kicking the shit out of her on the stairs like just fucking kills me it well and that's what makes me think like does that really happen like yeah. is this really happening and then the fact that she like she falls she breaks her neck and then like and she makes these weird squish like squishing noises in her neck and then like he's lying there and they're looking at each other and then she says a bunch of lines that she said when they first met or like right when their first date and everything like that and you're like wait a minute is this whole last chunk of the movie actually happening or is this what he's like a worst case scenario in his fantasy of like what could happen you're like you know because like you know she tells like you were saying she tells him all these things and his friend's like look man i looked up this person he doesn't exist you know or he's not there and then when he confronts her about it she's like i know i lied i was told that when you go to an audition you you lie about and he's like oh yeah that makes sense and it does you know yeah so it's like and, and so i wonder how much of that fucking movie is him really just imagining all the third act or um or you know or is it really happening like him trying to trying to like take these blanks that she's left and kind of fill them in with the worst possible scenario um you know and like because like you know at one point he meets the guy the the father figure with the fucking you know the the prosthetic see? feet but then we <laughs> see that she's killed him but you know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm like, yeah. what, what is real and what's not real? What's true and what's not true? And I mean, isn't that kind of the story about like relationships? Like when you hear somebody you're in a relationship with tell you a story and you won't, you only have their, their version of it. You only have their side of it. So you can, if there's any weird discrepancies in it, or if there's anything that doesn't seem right, you can imagine, you can find yourself imagining the worst, you know, possible thing. Um, 
so I don't know what's real in this movie or not. I do. I will tell you what I do know is real. And I find I, you know, like I said, the torture scene, I can live with it. it I can. I don't know why I can just I can deal with it. <laughs> it's the fucking. It's the it's the apartment the, scene. Yeah. The dog bowl. <laughs> the dog bowl. Like it. Uh, it is. I mean, and I. I'm. I'm. I have a weird like love hate thing with people throwing up on on film Ugh. like i think it's funny but i also think the fact that it happens off screen and then like she's walking into the into the room or onto the you know uh, into the frame with this dog bowl that's filled with something and then she just slightly like tilts it and it, oh and it leaks and i'm like i'm like that's the part where i'm like i can't i was like i just can't do it like i can deal with somebody getting their foot sawed off i cannot fucking deal with someone lapping up vomit it just i don't know if this is gonna make you more uncomfortable but like in the in the trivia part Mm -hmm. they talk about how uh, he said that it was real puke yeah she did yeah she did it off which i don't know is it you're like like and then you're like is the dog bowl that he's lapping up full puke but no obviously i would Um, not the only other oh. thing that I can't deal with in this movie, and it's and you know it's gonna happen, like they can't, you know, like Maike sets it up, like you're like, God damn it, like because I had forgotten, but the moment I see that dog like following around the house, I'm like, that dog's not gonna make it to the end of this movie, and I'm gonna be really upset. And it's 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 off screen, it's whatever, but you see it first, yeah. you see, and I'm just like, I just don't. Like I I I I'm wondering what it is. I I get why people feel the need to kill pets on screen, screen but it kills me every time. Especially demented, like if you're killing a little puppy, like you're obviously a soulless person, and it just kind of shows more. Mm-hmm. Like especially when people connect more to pets, which is funny because it also um, talks about that and Bo's afraid a little bit. Um, but they don't connect with other humans as much. So I think when they show like a, a murder of like a, a loved pet that is innocent, you're like, oh, okay, this is we're showing someone who's especially heinous, sure. especially fucked up. Um, but yeah, I hate that too. I hate that in any movie because you're like, what they do? What, yeah, what they do? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's 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 a you know, like I said, it's a cheap way. To, it's cheap heat. You know, it's a cheap way to get a, a reaction. And to me, it's like I get it. I I just it bothers me. I don't know why. Like I just uh, why you know probably because I am that type of person who had, who feels like I'm more connected to my animals than I am to other people. Mm-hmm. So like it you know it really. Um, also, just because you know, it's like we, we don't deserve animals. They're they're like super loyal and, and sweet and caring, and people are fucking terrible. And it's just re- it reinforces that. But um, but yeah, like the, the third act really can be viewed as like this guy being tortured, or it can be viewed as him kind of like a guilt, you know, like this weird like worst case scenario fantasy that's all coming from his own guilt of the way he treats and views women, you know, like the way he treated the woman he work who works for him. Though I I'm I'm pretty sure it's implied that he even slept with his maid, you know, yeah. the, the house cleaner. And then like, you know, uh his his son's girlfriend, like all these things. Like the way like what I like about it is that the lead character Ayoama is very likable, but he's also very guilty of being a kind of a, a shitty guy, Dude, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so it's a really great thing. And just as on her, on, in, in Osama, Asami's case, like, you know, this woman has gone through so much shit as a child. She's been, you know, just sexually abused and just, you know, like, and just awful shit so that it makes you go, you know, like, again, like what I like, uh, there's no black or white. You're kind of like, fuck man. I don't know whose side I'm on because She's been through, you know, she's, I mean, what she does is fucking terrible, but she's, you know, this is somebody who's been damaged, you know, and he's a fucking, and he's, he's the type of guy, maybe not to the extent that her stepfather is, but the type of guy who just, who does, you know, he, he 
objectifies women, you know, and he's a ter- he's not a good he's not necessarily a great guy. So it's like, fuck, man. Like, I'm not saying my sympathy lies with her. I'm saying that, like, it's when you watch me, you go, I get everybody in this movie. Like, I get everybody's yeah. weird, like, you know, shitty quirks, you know, and um, and I just this movie is I agree. It's not a fucking it's it, I, I don't necessarily I do see it as a horror film. I'm a little disappointed that because of the extreme, the extreme third act that yeah. people, that this movie doesn't get as much credit for being, it doesn't, it's not held in the same echelon as like a silence of the lambs or the exorcist. Which is, uh, crazy to me because, uh, in silence of the lambs, even though you don't show the torture as much, he's skinning alive people. She's yeah. cutting off people's feet and like poking, you know, needles in their eyes. Uh, why is that so much different? Right. And that's what I'm saying is that like, it's, it, this movie deserves to be, I mean, the way it's shot is fantastic. I mean, the, 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 the cinematography in this movie is amazing. The, the score, especially in the flashback sequence is wonderful. Like you're like, it is beautiful. Like this movie deserves to be, I hate the fucking, what, what is the, what's that fucking phrase now that like people use for elevated horror that's the word uh, phrase i you know where people are like oh, no, yeah it's a horror movie but i like good. it because it's classy it's like well you know this movie is actually pretty fucking classy like yeah the ending is fucking i think what where audition why audition is not a bigger movie than it should be is i mean it's still pretty it's it's not a, a cult film it's a you know it's a big movie but i feel like it should be regarded in a much favorable light among other horror films. I think the reason why it's not is because of all the movies that came after it that went like, um, oh, well, let's take the third act of that movie and just make an entire movie out of it. And it's like, yeah, but there is a fucking purpose. Like, that third act yeah. is fucking gruesome and horrifying and and pretty excruciating to watch, but there's there's a story behind it. There's a purpose behind it, whereas, like, when you just have people getting fucking tortured for, two, like, an hour and a half, two hours it loses it doesn't you know you could say well i'm trying to make a commentary about this and it's like but you're not you're just fucking doing it to do it audition actually has everything falls into place every everything that happens in the movie has a purpose and i think that's why audition is kind of like doesn't um doesn't get the the respect that it i think it deserves is because it spawned all of these fucking these knockoffs that were just that just didn't that just took the took the imagery but didn't take the context and and I think that's that's a fucking shame because audition is a really really great like serious fucking like I I would put it up there with like like I said Rosemary's Baby The Exorcist yeah. Silence of the Lambs Psycho like all these movies that are like horror films that are people don't don't you know look down on just because they're horror films i feel like audition still has that i mean there's also people here's the thing about audition there's that's a movie that i necessarily wouldn't recommend to a lot of people i, I wouldn't be like oh you should totally see this movie you know what i mean like yeah. because i know that some people like I a got, great date movie you know right exactly <laughs> like I, there's a lot of people i know who would just be so disgusted or horrified you know and like and and wouldn't you know appreciate the the what's going on in it but um it's still a fucking fantastic movie it just like i said like it it kind of spawned into that it kind of broke off in a lot of the fucking torture porn bullshit that like came out in the the 2000s i would say audition was where it started where people like saw that and like ah, i want more of that yeah well fuck them yeah you know? let's make whole movies of just this yeah with no with no story but no this is it's great it's one of my favorites i think when i first saw it i was like wow you know, like, and, and he does a lot of different things. I mean, 
I think more recently, the most recent thing that I've seen that he's done is Blade of the Immortal, which I I think was an anime or a mm-hmm. manga. I, I can't remember, but it's fucking great. But he also did a Harakiri um, remake, which is really funny. And like he's also done other horror and stuff like well, that, too. It, but this is... I think it's the other thing, too, is that like this movie, out of all the ones that I've seen of his, is the most restrained you know well yeah i guess there's a book too and Mm -hmm. and it's funny because in the book you know certain things happen and um so it's funny that he was like all right both his feet get cut off in the book but i'll only do i'm okay with just one foot getting cut off in the movie you know (laughs) like it's kind of funny what he adds into the movie and what he doesn't um i guess from from what happens in the book and what happens like in his movie but I, I honestly think, like you said, that it, it deserves way more credit than it's probably given, but because of the time period of when we started yeah. to get, especially with, like, the new French extremity, like, mm-hmm. when um, early 2000s, you know, I'm thinking, like, high tension and stuff like that, you start getting into, like, our martyrs, which I love uh, later on, you know, and this, mm-hmm. this was probably, like you said, the start of it, but um, it gets kind of lost in that genre because of the type of movies that come out but i i kind of feel like it's just way way cooler i mean even the interview not the interview but when he's out to dinner with her and they're panning into these like first person point of view with him Mm -hmm. and then her it's very dreamlike and and creepy almost when it's not supposed to be it's supposed to be like romantic but it's fucking great this is a great movie it's all in the editing like he he does these weird edits in the movie that that really like you're kind of like getting lulled into like this is like a nice little like you know normal date you know romance love you know love story and then he does these weird edits where like he'll cut a certain way and he'll just make you go whoa 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 and then that's it keeps you on your your toes and everything like that and like Again, like I want to reiterate, I'm not saying that Audition is like some lost cult classic. This movie is, it is a popular film. I'm just saying that like, um, it's better. It's than what? better than like it, it. It. I think it gets dismissed more for just being a torture porn schlock, yeah. whatever, than it does for like being like actually a really fucking poignant drama about you know relationships and about the way we we look at other people and the way we you know um the way we interact with other people i think it's a really fucking solid drama that just happens to have horror in it you know and so if you're gonna fucking like if everybody's gonna jerk off hereditary or whatever audition is you know audition is worth getting jerked off to yeah no i i agree and it's it's there's like a she's the main actress is so good too there's like um a really i think is kind of funny scene where like she looks so happy cutting his feet off with the wire which is like so scary and, and Ari Aster does do this in Hereditary it's like one of the scariest thing where you have like this piece of wire and she's mm-hmm. sawing her own head off but in um, Audition you know there's a scene where she's cutting his feet off and she looks so happy and she just takes a foot and like throws it at the window which I think oh, is it really fucking, funny it leaves like a, a bloody like print on the yeah no it, it's yeah and, and there is there is moments in this movie that uh, like do make me laugh out loud but um, yeah I mean I just I can't the way he builds tension and the way he handles like the yeah. drama aspect of it is just so fucking solid that like, you know, I, I, uh, I can't speak enough good things about this movie. And what's great is that it's really no. one of those movies that like leaves room for so much interpretation that like you can have, you can look at it so many different ways and, and still, it's still a satisfying movie, no matter how many times you look at how many ways you look at it. But um, yeah, I love it. Yeah. This is, 
is definitely one of my favorites. I mean, even, like you said, the editing is really special. There's, like, a few scenes towards the end where, like, it goes back and forth between a few date scenes, and there's one date, and then it cuts to, like, another restaurant. And it's a little confusing because you're like, is this the same date? It looks like different angles. And it's it just is really cool. I honestly, I really like him as a director. And yeah. it's crazy that he's just literally worked – his entire, he was like, every two weeks, we'll just make a new yeah. movie. You know what I mean? Like, he's done, like, almost 200 movies. This man is, like, a fucking machine. And so I'm just really glad that we have this one because it's, like, so bonkers, but not, like, as bonkers as, you know, um, Ichi the Killer right. or anything like that. It's, like, a very, um, I feel like, meticulously detailed yeah. bonkers Absolutely, movie. and I, I definitely... I agree. I recommend it. And like I said, like I, I, as much as I love Tubi, this is one of those movies I think you should try to find um, a, a way to watch it. Oh, un, yes. Uninterrupted. Like I said, if you have the Arrow video app, it's on there. It's fucking fantastic. Like, um, oh, they have their own app oh, yeah, now. I actually, I watched it on Tubi too. I was totally wrong. It is free to sign up um, to keep your place. I, yeah. For some reason, I thought you had to buy into that. But uh, I did watch it on Tubi too, but the my only complaint with Tubi really is that uh, the commercial cuts are horrible. Yeah, and, and like I said, like so, yeah. Um, um, Arrow Video has its own app. Um, it's it, it's very similar Ooh. to Shutter. Like there's some cro- there's some like crossover, but um, definitely you know I think the Arrow app is worth every cent. It is fucking awesome. Um, cause one thing it does that shutter doesn't do is that like arrow does put together these really great special features on their DVDs. And some of them, some of the special features get imported over to the app. So like, you know, you can watch oh, cool. like interviews with people like, you know, you can watch behind the scenes stuff. It's really cool. I definitely recommend it. And I definitely recommend watching audition on a platform like that where you, or if you own it then watch it, you know, but like, um, you know, where it's uninterrupted, you can really like kind of like kind of fall into the movie and really get lost in it and not have a fucking State Farm commercial, you know, burst through when <laughs> someone's getting fucking their legs sawed off or someone's eating vomit. Like you're not going to you're just going to be in that moment and living in it and suffering and um, definitely, you know, check it out. I, I really. Yeah. And so we're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing the next few. Uh, epi- well, the next quite a few episodes are going to be all international. So we're going to kind of go back to what we did a few years ago where we kind of explore that and everything. And, and yeah, the other thing, and we've, and here and there oh, sure. we've like sprinkled some in, but like, I think we really wanted to focus again on like going around the world. Cause they, there's movies that we did, but there's like just endless cool movies that we haven't done that we really want. Absolutely. To so that's where we're going to be at, um, you know, another world tour. So World Tour 23. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. thanks All right, guys. guys. Bye. <laughs>